0: Hello and welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead rabbit 1d6 flea infestations at a time. This week, we're reaching back in time to 1976 to bring you bunnies and burrows the game of D&D except it's rabbits. It's all rabbits. So let's hop to it on today's System Mastery. Welcome back, hey John. How you doing this week?
1: I'm pretty good. Your cat is currently grooming me.
0: I know. Yeah, that's bear. She'll do that. Yep. It's a good cat. It's a good podcat. That's a pretty good podcast. She doesn't talk on the mic though. She just licks.
1: Yeah. Just just real nice and friendly. Hmm. Pretty much just sleeps on you. Pretty much. It's like All having a little mobile blanket. <laughs> yeah. It's a little tiny square of purring blanket.
0: Yeah. She's she's, she's a decent cat. Uh, oh. You tried to move your hand, and that's not going to work for her. No, No. she needs
1: to continue to lick my hand.
0: (laughs) That's cat. All right, so uh, let's see. Speaking
1: of small, furry animals, segue! All
0: right, good segue. This week we covered, or we will cover, bunnies and burrows. We
1: have already covered bunnies and burrows. Welcome to the end of the podcast.
0: Let's get over to that bonus content, shall we? (laughs) I don't know, I feel like we could probably talk about it in such a small square span of time that people wouldn't notice that we had. Yeah. So here's the first thing we learned about Bunnies and Burrows upon getting our hands on copies of it. It's 39 pages
1: long. It really is, and that's including, like, the front and back covers. Yeah, this is the smallest book we've reviewed. Yeah, it's basically like this and that Ghostbusters one.
0: Oh, that's right, the Ghostbusters RPG was super short. And oh, of yeah. course, we also did a whole episode on micro-RPGs. And you know, famously, I think and probably people are going to call us on this. We'll get a lot of comments in the email. I think the Duckman RPG is only like five pages, and that's with a generous amount of feat charts.
1: Well, yeah, but I like to include the Duckmaster's Guide as part of the overall books you need to run.
0: That's right. You know, I don't think we've ever really talked about the Duckmaster's Guide in the uh, Duckman RPG.
1: Well, yeah, because we were only reviewing the one book.
0: That's right. We only ever review of the Player's Guide, but there is a full Duckmaster's Guide with a lot of advice for how to play as the Duckmaster. Yeah and uh, how to control the party keep keep the action moving along it's it's a, it's a very useful book
1: super useful so everyone out there who went and bought a copy of duckman after we reviewed it mm-hmm. be on the lookout for that as well
0: yeah and the duck monster manual yeah which is also very useful it's mostly uh, like f- like sniveling car salesmen and big boobed women yeah mostly anyway bunnies and burrows yeah this is a book from 1976
1: yeah this book is old enough that I didn't realize people were putting out books like this at that time.
0: I know right. I, I was thinking about this this might be maybe the second oldest book we've covered i think so far yeah there's uh you know the only other ones would be a d and d and then the basic d and d set, but the basic d and d set we covered was the one from like the early eighties
1: yeah no, so the uh the actual original like weird little pamphlet books d and d we haven't really done right. So this is
0: this is way back in the history for us. And you can tell because it's got that thing that happened in the mid to late 70s when uh, new RPGs came out where they were just copies of D&D because people hadn't figured out that you could do other stuff
1: yet. Well, yeah. I mean, like we mentioned when we did the uh, fantasy war gaming, the highest level of all. Oh, and indeed it was. That there's a lot of things in there they are like, oh, and this is the way it is done because... How else could you do it?
0: Well, the notable one would be right off the bat in this book. There are eight stats. Yeah, because you have, have
1: the D&D stats plus two more.
0: Yeah, and those are speed and smell. Yeah. Now, is smell your ability to smell or your ability to be smelled?
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, that's good. <laughs> is your ability to smelt it and then be the one who dealt it.
0: Well, as a tiny rabbit, your farts are inoffensive and smell of leaves and clover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so yeah there are the standard array of d and d stats plus a couple extras for more rabbity stuff and again uh, we really want to stress this going out the gate. this is a book where you play as rabbits yes. I don't mean anthro rabbits
1: no no, you're just bunnies you walk around uh, hop around, yeah you very hop a- slowly, <laughs> very slowly this is the weirdest
0: you want to start with that? You
1: want to start with this game's
0: really weird senses of scale?
1: I mean, we may as well. So, you find out the speed that you can move. Because speed is a whole stat, but they're like, alright, how fast can you go? Well, it's going to be in minutes, because D&D basically had rounds that were minutes, so they're like, great, everything takes place in a minute. Your speed is 10 yards per minute.
0: That's right, so about 30 feet every minute for a rabbit. Now that's
1: yeah, because rabbits are notoriously slow.
0: Oh yeah, they they have no speed given to them whatsoever. I, just stop and picture that, because that's actually the standard speed for a uh, an action round in most D and D games, which is you know like six seconds. So this game is slow as hell.
1: Oh yeah, most of the stuff you can do really gets measured in either minutes or ten minutes. Yeah, and sometimes in hours. There are very few points where it's like, oh yeah. This is a thing you do, and it takes five seconds.
0: And it's the sort of thing that happens a lot in this book. Things take minutes to do, or they kill. Or the other thing is that diseases will kill you like immediately.
1: Well, yeah, because the effects for things will also take place in minutes. There was, there was no sense of, oh well, this needs to take place in seconds, and this needs to take place in days, and so on. So everything is on this weird like one to ten minute scale.
0: Yeah, and it makes certain things super crazy fast, and other things super crazy slow. Like, for example, when you finally look in the at the back of the book at the threat section, they have the, the, you know, oh, you have encountered man. Man has entered the forest. He
1: is the most dangerous game.
0: Well, I feel like the eagles are probably, and wasps are fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah, dangerous. that's true. But, well, but, I mean,
1: if you're talking about humans, then yeah, wasps are the worst. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. They are the worst humans, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, them and yuppies. Whoa. <laughs> and dinks.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Just keep going down that list of uh, old-timey names for white people that no one use anymore. <laughs> Anyway, uh, okay, so man can throw a rock at you, or shoot a gun at you, or fire a bow at you, but the rock is of particular interest to me, because a human can throw a rock at a bunny once every five minutes. Lol. I'm I don't not, even know where that is. It's in the section, it's in the random encounter tables. Ah. Right at the bottom of all the stats for all the various animal, other animals you're likely to encounter. So there's a whole lot of stuff to start, but we're, we're diving around the book a lot here, so why don't we start with uh, how the stat arrays work.
1: Okay, so you're going to have 3d6 down the line for yep. all of your stats. Which, now, this is not a, uh, like old D&D even was like, oh yeah, you can do 3d6 down the line, we don't recommend it. You can do 4d6, drop lowest, you well, can do a point by, whatever.
0: Technically, AD&D didn't tell you how to generate the stats. It just said that you have six stats between 3 and 18 and just left it at that. Yeah. And then you had to wait till like the next book that came out in the series to tell you the various ways to roll that.
1: Whereas this is just straight up, Roll 3d6, down the line, that's what you get. Mm -hmm. Which is the worst. But it's, it's weird because in other games, that might end up being super crippling for you. Yeah, absolutely. However, in this game, your base stat doesn't matter... All that much.
0: Yeah, it's well, it's very similar to very old D&D again, where old D&D was like, is your strength 11? Don't even worry about it. That's enough for you to be a fighter or whatever. You don't get bonuses, but who cares? You don't even get a bonus till like your strength
1: is 16, and then you get a plus one. Whereas this doesn't actually give you a lot of bonuses to things. There are occasional points where having a high stat will be good. Mm-hmm. But mostly, this adds the concept of levels to your stats.
0: Yeah, now this is weird. This game has two sets of levels.
1: Yeah, so you have your base stat. Mm -hmm. So you'd be like, okay, I rolled 3d6, and my strength is a 12. Sure. Okay, then all of your stats as a starting bunny are Mm -hmm. zero level.
0: Yeah, they're all level zero. So you have a strength 12, level zero strength.
1: Yeah, and then from that point on... Uh, most of the stuff you see in the book where it starts to talk about what you can do with your various stats is based on the level of the stat rather than the actual numerical value that you rolled. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just for instance, the strength. Strength helps you out in getting hit points, but uh, the hit points you get is going to be the level of your strength, the level of your constitution, and then you add 4 to it which means every starting rabbit has 4 hit points exactly yeah every
0: starting rabbit and most rabbits most of the time will have 4 hit points cuz it's fairly difficult to level up in constitution and strength unless you're getting in fights all the time or eating poison
1: yeah so the strength will be a uh hitting in melee then getting hit points and then it also helps your ability for doing damage and then jumping Like how far you can jump.
0: Yes. Now, the stats also inform the next thing in this game that matters, which is that there are eight classes. Each one of the classes is derived from one of the stats.
1: So for strength, your stat would be, or your uh, profession would be fighter. Yes. And you're usually going to pick whatever thing you rolled the best on to start with You'll probably just pick that as your profession.
0: I mean, sort of, depending on how much you care about some of those obscure substats. Like if you roll a high charisma, you're like, "All right, my character's a Maverick. What's his deal?" "Oh, he's really good at, at having babies."
1: Well, he's a storyteller.
0: I'm sorry, storyteller. But same thing. Most of his bonuses relate to his capacity for mating.
1: Well, one of them does. The rest of them are mind control. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> There's such weird shit in this book. Yeah, probably the worst one would be if you rolled a high intelligence because that's just, you can know more languages and you can figure out how to spring traps. And that is it. Languages, you say? Let's talk about that. What's going on with languages? So, in this book, you speak bunny. Like, you just speak rabbit. And you also speak your family language. So you have breakdowns of languages for family and then actual species. So you can have things like uh I can speak the canine family but then you might speak specifically wolf or dog or what have you.
0: I also speak family cuz I'm a bomb ass player.
1: <laughs> yes, you are quite the ninja. You are down <laughs> I'm with the down clown. With the clown. <laughs> I speak clown. I speak jive. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. So yeah, there's a bunch of languages you can learn from families of animals and then sub-languages that are related to the individual species. And those go all the way from, uh, well, you can't learn to speak human. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, that's right. You can. You can learn to speak H-human Human is one game. of the things
1: you can do. You can yeah. learn how to speak worm if you want to. Yes,
0: I was going to say that you can also learn how to speak several insect and lower animal form languages, but they are very difficult to learn.
1: Well, yes, because the ability of you to learn something is also based on the intelligence of the one teaching you. So it's super hard to learn, like, the language of an ant because ants have real shitty intelligence, which means it takes forever for them to try and teach you their language. Mm-hmm. Which means that a human would actually be able to teach a rabbit how to speak English or what have you very easily. Although, in the world of bunnies and burrows, there is no such thing as English. There is a human. That's what humans speak. That
0: kinda makes sense. I mean I mean, unless you're playing as like a bunny living in like the center of Belgium, so you're like, Well, okay, the humans around here speak three languages all the time. You know, if you're a bunny, your range is small enough that who cares what language the humans speak locally. They might as well be speaking human.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you don't know. Think what I'm, if I what if I'm in Quebec and I'm talking to some human and all of a sudden he gets into that weird Frenchiness?
0: Well, he's still speaking human. I mean, that's not wrong. I mean, what
1: if I'm in England and I start talking to a guy and then I run away because why would I ever speak to one of the British?
0: <laughs> I, I Okay. <laughs> All right. So there is uh, there are eight professions, and I'll just list them off real well, quick. Well, I
1: here. mean, we can just go through and say what each one gives you and then what sure. the profession so, is. So and strength
0: so on. is fighter, intelligence is uh, what, what was that? Uh, seer? That's the scout. Scout, yes. Yep. Okay. So the
1: scout, and then your bonus for being yeah because all of them give you a bonus so while fighting uh while a fighter will be good at doing the fighting stuff
0: they get a plus one to their hit points a plus one to their damage and a plus one to their armor class which in this game is just a saving throw thing
1: well yeah everyone has a defensive class which is based on what your action is but uh we'll get into that when we get to the combat section yep so your other things you've got speed so speed is defensive Uh, It's dodging, uh, evasion, but also covers things like swimming. Yep. So your speed also helps you with just moving quick. And then if you want to be that as your profession, you're a runner. Mm -hmm. Oh boy.
0: And it's just not that interesting of a class because you only have like four
1: bonuses and they all pertain to going a little faster. Except it's actually really good for being a fighter Probably better than a fighter. Probably, yeah. Because it lets you get things like you can gain surprise attacks better, and you can both attack and defend in the same round.
0: That is probably the big money right there. Yeah, because
1: the fighter class is like, oh, what's this? I'll do one more damage than I would have done. Of course, most,
0: most of the attacks in this game do like one to four damage at best. I, I, I was wondering about that myself because fighters get a plus one bonus to damage does that apply to the standard bunny ability to whack each other that isn't considered an aggressive action? You, you see that? that Of the attack modes there's cuff.
1: Oh yeah well you can be like, we're not actually trying to kill each other, I'm just trying to establish dominance and stuff like that Yeah. so you can do zero damage attacks as well as things like pins so you can pin them down
0: Yeah, because most of your fighting is spent with other rabbits and it's supposed to be social kind of aggressive fighting but not dangerous
1: yeah because i mean they do have things like oh you can bite and tear at a guy if you knock him down or do that bunny kick rip yeah uh but most of the time you're not going to be doing that but the weird thing is the book says that when you're fighting you're mostly fighting other rabbits
0: well that does make sense because rabbits don't really i mean who are they going to actually put up a fight against right because again this isn't a game where you play as like fantasy rabbits this isn't red wall yeah, this is. You're, you're. I mean, even though a lot of the art in the book is of like rabbits wearing like goggles and holding. There's a fucking.
1: There is a picture of a badly drawn rabbit in a wizard hat.
0: Yeah, there's a rabbit with a spear and a cloak. There's a there's a rabbit with with steampunk goggles on. But none of that stuff that's actually in the book. It's kind of like I. I don't blame them. It was. The, it was the mid '70s. Where were they going to find a bunch of just generic pictures of rabbits to put in their book that they thought would actually sell?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean. But- Yeah. Just
0: to be like nature guide rabbits. Just, oh, here's another fucking picture of a bunny. Look at that. This is what you play as. So they had to put in all these, like, goggle rabbits and stuff, which you can't be. (laughs) Lol.
1: All right, anyway. So, yeah. So, uh, speed, very good for fighting technically because you get to both attack and defend. You get to go first. And it also helps in stealth. So you can move quietly.
0: Yeah, no, it's very good. It's a very solid class to choose. Yeah, dexterity above all. Except it's not dexterity in this game. No, it's because speed.
1: dexterity does exist in this game, yeah. and it is nowhere near no. as good like as. Like I speed. was saying,
0: this is speed and not dexterity.
1: Yeah, the. Uh, so yeah, the combat rules are kind of weird because you pick like what you're gonna do, they pick what they're gonna do, and then that gives you to one of this thing's favorite things to do, which is to have a big old. Grid chart for you to go to oh my
0: god that grid chart is ridiculous and even the book is like hey this this grid is super complicated and kind of tedious but whatever
1: yeah it's like we put this in here and it's weird and we don't like it but it's in there we, because we have to because d and d exists <laughs> we
0: have to do what d and d did so here's a huge chart of saving
1: throws. So you get things like, okay, here's a giant grid chart, you get your defense class number versus his strength level number, and then we're going to take that, and once you find that number, you're going to find out what the attacker is, what his move is, what your move on the defense is, and then we're going to go find that grid, and then you're going to roll percentile dice.
0: Yeah, it's so weird to me that the only dice that this game uses D6s for everything, except uh, all like the to hit mechanics and stuff, which they switch to percentile for, but it's just weird that they would even bother with keeping D6s in a percentile-based game.
1: Well, I think, again, d d did, did it. Had to do it. You have three six for your stats. That's what you have to do, which means we've already got D6s. We may as well use it for something.
0: Yeah. And then all the attacks do D6 damage, except for Rip, which is the super good attack that you can only do if the other rabbit is pinned or knocked down, and it does two dice of damage.
1: Oh, yeah. And then you have things like, oh, I just kick you, and it does half a die. Yeah. Oh, so. boy.
0: So it's not a very dangerous... Well, keep in mind that everyone's got four hit points.
1: Oh, yeah, because even an attack that's like, what does this do? Oh, two points of damage if I claw you. Okay, yeah, but that's half my health. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so then you also technically have critical hit in this. Mm -hmm. It's not super important, but one of the weird things with it is if you do one of those attacks and you actually get a crit, which is if you hit, you roll a D10, and on a 10, you crit, Right, right. But then you have to roll again on that D10 to see where you hit, so it does have a random hit location chart. Yeah. Because, hey, it's not a weird old role-playing game without a hit location chart. Nope, sure isn't. So then you get to find out where you hit, and on the critical hit location chart, two of them are you actually missed. (laughs) If if you roll a 9 or a 10, it's no, you didn't actually hit. And if you roll a 10, it's you are pinned.
0: Wow. Yes. Yeah, on, on the crit. Like, you hit amazingly, and it hit, you hit so well, you pinned yourself, you idiot. Yep.
1: That's it. You miss, and then the opponent pulls you off balance and pins you to the ground. God Great. Damn it. Great. <laughs> yeah. At that point, I go, can I just not crit? If a fifth of the time I crit, it actually fucks me up, no, nah, I'm good.
0: Yeah. That is ridiculous. All right. So let's see. That was, we already covered fighter and runner.
1: Yeah. So then we get to smell, the other new stat. Mm hmm. Uh, smell is mostly for being a herb guy. The herbalist. And this game has a huge
0: chart of herbs, and it's all stuff. Herbs are divided up by how you can recognize what they are into four categories, which are taste, smell, clarity, and, uh... Density. Density. And those are, you know, like, for example, smell or or taste is going to have things like pungent and sour, uh, and then clarity is things like crunchy and, it's it's... (laughs) It's it's like there's like 16 different categories of which you pick four descriptors to to assign to the herbs.
1: And um, there there is a big chart that says like okay, the bitter mushroom has an acrid smell and a dense clarity and if you want to prepare it in order to do an effect that's good, you need to crumble it. Yes, and you can look are... at that chart and see what everything is, but then the book tells you as the DM disregard that and actually make up your own because any player who sees this will already know how to do everything.
0: First of all, no, they won't because I've looked at that chart like six times in the past two weeks and I don't remember any of it at all. Yep.
1: <laughs> uh. Uh,
0: but, uh, but second, why even bother publishing a huge chart then if, you're, if your first bit of advice is change
1: this chart? Oh, yeah. And then it has like tons of things. So not only do you need to know like what's the herb, what does it do, what does it look like, what does it smell like, How do I prepare it so like, oh, I can lick it or chew it or whatever? There
0: are eight preparation methods. They are like wet, dry, lick, chew, pick bugs,
1: (laughs) remove,
0: uh, crumble, squeeze, remove dirt, and uh, treat with. Treat with is mix it with another herb.
1: Yeah. So then you have the delivery so you can like rub it on your body or eat it or touch someone or whatever it happens to be. And then a shitload of different effects. Right. And then the how long the effect lasts, yeah. which most of these are either like 30 minutes or 1 day. That's it.
0: Yep, that's pretty much the only options that they have. Uh
1: and then as an herbalist, that's your big thing. Yeah. You, so you're... you are all about like I need to go find herbs and herbs can do things that are like, oh, this paralyzes a guy or this protects me from certain pests. Yeah. Or it is the only way to increase your level in things outside of getting it through experience oh that's right yeah so like if i go find myself a nice uh one of the herbs that gives me like oh it's a plus two to my strength level Mm -hmm. so you're like oh great i found like natural herbal steroids
0: bitter mushroom
1: the bitterest of mushrooms
0: although it appears as though bitter mushroom starts as sour mushroom and then you squeeze it
1: yeah squeeze that mushroom and then then you get a surprise in a now, bonds.
0: Now here's the here's here's how this gets fun. If you have bitter mushroom and you and you squeeze it, then you get sour mushroom, which gives you plus two strength. If you have bitter mushroom and you crumble it, then you have bitter mushroom, which causes three dice of damage.
1: Yeah, all the various herbs and shenanigans you find in this have a prepared correctly and are helpful version, and a prepared incorrectly and harmful version. And as an herbalist, you can basically either. Decide, okay, well, I'm going to do this. I'm making medicine. I'm sort of one half of the cleric in this. Yeah. Uh, Or you can decide what I'm going to do is be a weird alchemist and just have, like, little pouches of herb bombs that I throw at people. It
0: actually mentions that your rabbit can store a bunch of herbs on their person by stuffing them up into their fur.
1: Yep. Like, rabbits can hold up to, I think it's like... It's their... their, One of their stat One of their stats uh, gives you like how many things you can hold in your fur, plus you can have a little baggie that you hang around your neck that holds stuff for you.
0: Which is weird, because it's not like that, normally it mentions, oh no, you're playing rabbits, you can't have a little bag hanging from you, because rabbits don't work that way, but the herbalist...
1: Well no, everyone can have a little baggie, there's no no, uh, mention of how rabbits get little baggies.
0: Yeah, that's the thing I'm trying to get at here, is this game's really nebulous on whether or not you're playing as rabbits.
1: Yeah, because there's—I mean—you're intelligent. You can talk to other things. Yeah, you are very definitely, like, if not human level intelligence, then close enough. But it's also one of those things where it's like, no, man, you just—you're a rabbit. You hop around, and you've got rabbit business to attend to.
0: Yeah, you. Most of your adventures are going to be random encounter tables and trying to eat clover.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's that's what you do.
0: All right. Well, anyway, that's the herbalist. Probably one of the more complicated classes in the game because it's all based around these huge charts, these three pages of huge charts of herbs.
1: Yeah. And so, again, anyone can do this. Like, it doesn't matter. If I'm a fighter, I can still go find herbs and make herb yeah, potions but and there whatnot. Are, there
0: are certain things that you literally can't do as a fighter. Notably, uh, treating things with other herbs is completely outside the difficulty range of any class but herbalist because they oh, roll yeah. on different Each- tables.
1: Each stat has stuff you can do, so obviously strength, while it governs fighting, anyone can do it, and the smell really governs tracking and herbs, which anyone can do, but if you are the profession for that class, you usually get some bonus, so it's like, oh, if you're trying to detect what type of herb this is, you get like a 20% bonus if you're an herbalist. Okay. Right.
0: Well, notably, okay, one of the things that can happen to herbs in this game is something called Poison Weed. And when you find when you have poison weed, that's just the same herb as normal, but it's poisonous now. Yeah, and it does damage. And there's always a chance that any herb you pick is poison weed instead of the the weed you wanted. And it's not a very low chance; it's actually a really high chance. Now, your chance of detecting it, if you are a non herbalist, your absolute maximum chance of detecting it is if you have a a, a smell characteristic of seventeen or eighteen but for some reason did not decide to be an herbalist. Yeah, And that gives you a 75% chance of detecting it. Most of the time, your chance of detecting it for an average character with an average smell is like 50%. Yeah. So you don't want to eat any herbs because they'll probably just damage you.
1: Well, no, a lot of this book is, and I'll say this right now, oddly well-balanced to have each class represented. Yes, it is. Like, there's a lot of things that each different stats profession does that you would want to have in your party. Like, you think of, oh, an herbalist, wow, that's really boring in your standard D&D game. Right. But in this, you're like, oh, no, you're a crazy alchemist. And if anyone isn't one of these, you almost lose access to that entire portion of it. Because, like you say, when you have a 50-50 shot of, oh, I even identified what that herb was and I know how to prepare it, this is going to be great. Oops, daisies, it killed me, it was poison. Yeah. And because you only have, like, four hit points, yes, it does kill you.
0: Yeah. So, the, the game can be very, very dangerous, and I feel like that's something that we should probably mention. One of the things, when people heard that we were reading this book, they were mentioning that uh, the Paranoia RPG used to have a section in it, one of the early editions of Paranoia was like, look, this game kills people. If you're looking for a game that's soft and friendly, maybe you should go play Bunnies and Burrows.
1: No, well, man. Well, like,
0: nope, nope, because Bunnies and Burrows will kill you immediately.
1: Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you get I'm on like, that random encounter table, and you encounter any predator, that predator murders you yeah
0: if you go into any other rabbits burrow oops you got fleas and fleas do one damage
1: per 10 minutes per flea (laughs) uh yeah it's it's real ridiculous how deadly this game is. it's
0: insanely deadly you're it's like it's designed that way i mean it says it near the end of the book oh this book was written by two zoologists who also happen to be gamers and that's why it's so accurate to the real life cycle of the rabbit and i was like oh okay that kind of makes sense because The real life cycle of the rabbit is, have as many babies as you possibly can, because they will all be turned into heaps of dead rabbits, and maybe some of them will survive.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) that is is definitely a thing that is represented in this game.
0: Yeah. No, it absolutely is. So anyway, the next class after the herbalist.
1: We get into intelligence. Mm -hmm. So intelligence as a stat is uh, mostly based around, like we said, languages and then traps. Yeah. So, your ability to identify them and to spring them. And then, uh, also, to make traps, if you want to be a weird trap-building rabbit. Which, okay,
0: sure, trap-building
1: yeah. rabbits. You know, I'm a rabbit, and I went, you know what I want to do is build a fucking hole with spikes in it, because I'm an asshole. <laughs> what are you doing, are you going to kill other rabbits?
0: Yeah, apparently. It doesn't come up at all near the back of the book when they actually tell you how to play this game. It's like, hey, try to kill other rabbits. It's all. It's mostly... Try to steal other rabbits' ladies.
1: There's, there's not a lot that they're like. Oh yeah, this is this is what you should be doing in this game. Here's adventure ideas. It's just, hey, you could be bunnies. And you're like, okay, yeah, cool. Well, I'm on board. That's an interesting concept. All right, what do bunnies? Why? Do?
0: Okay, well, bunnies like lettuce. Also, they like to, to uh bang lady bunnies and try and have babies with them. And yep. every ten minutes or so, they might encounter a vole. <laughs> Great. All right, uh, sure. But what, what do you what do you do?
1: Oh, well, everything I just said. There
0: you go. That's the game. Ugh. Okay. So, all right. So, what's the intelligence class called again? This.
1: Uh, so, scout? if you are the intelligence guy, you're the scout, because yeah. the scout is the one who will find traps for you. Right. Uh, which, oddly enough, the the chances of you finding a trap is not low the uh the gm advice in this is like oh yeah figure out where all the traps are where all the burrows are where anything is going to be in your map Mm -hmm. but also you can just randomly roll and see if there's a trap somewhere and i'm like man i don't think i've ever gone through a forest and been like jesus there's just traps everywhere
0: yeah it's a lot of traps in this game you're supposed to encounter traps constantly so it's like
1: crossbow traps what what
0: yeah, You know, you know, there's like a string and it'll spring a crossbow and shoot at you. This is the world of like Archer or something where there's just traps. everywhere. But unfortunately,
1: bunnies keep springing them. Yeah, it's not actually for whoever's supposed to get them.
0: I, I, I assume it's either the world of Hatchet or the world of My Side of the Mountain. Where there's like, oh, nearby there's a 15-year-old boy who's learning a lesson about independence. Oh boy. Hopefully you don't meet him. Lol. So one of the other things that shows up in the intelligence section is the language descriptions. Yeah. And uh, I, I like these because this book is definitely written by zoologists because they have the familial language t- terms. So you have languages you can learn to speak. Canine, feline, mustaline. I can do all those, right? You're still on board with me here. That's dogs, cats, weasels. Yep. Okay. Ursine, we're still good. Equine, still good. Bovine. Okay. No problem. Suine. Suine. So that's pigs, not swine. Suine. And they actually tell you not pigs. Uh, Scyurine. Yeah. Alright. I'm I'm getting a little outside here. Marine, Castorine, Delphine, Passerine, Anatine. I thought passerine
1: was a saint. Saint I, Passerine? I that sounds so. right.
0: Yeah, saint, pa- the patron saint of like like birds and condoms breaking, I think. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> axi- birds
1: breaking my condoms. I,
0: I would love to learn to speak accipitrine.
1: Which I like that they also apologize for because they're like, oh, it's hawks and eagles and falcons and owls and whatnot, and then they say, we're sorry, any of you zoologists out there will know that these aren't actually included in the same family, but it's just here for ease of use.
0: Really? "accipitrine" is the word you chose for ease of use? Yep. Okay, then. <laughs> Thank you,
1: zoologists.
0: Oh, well, whatever. It's cute. I have no actual complaints with that.
1: So, yeah, you have your your family languages and your actual, like, specific animal languages.
0: And also there's a lovely picture on that page of languages of a rabbit riding a larger rabbit.
1: (laughs) Yeah because that can happen. Sure, we can why not? Do that.
0: Yeah, I don't know which class of rabbit it is that's horse, but you can sure have a rabbit for a horse. Well, you
1: see what I'm doing is I'm I want a rabbit that's pretending to be a horse. Oh,
0: right, because we well we'll have to get to <laughs> them in just a second, won't we? Yep. All right, what's the next class after intelligence?
1: Okay. So, after wisdom. you get that, you're going to get your wisdom, and wisdom is where we start getting into the actually not a rabbit because wisdom covers your ability to view the future. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, your ability to instill fear in others. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, you have weird mental abilities if you are the class for wisdom, which is the seer.
0: Right. Now, when we say you can instill fear in others, that's because rabbits all have this thing called shock, which is actually just a regular biology thing for rabbits. If they take any damage, they might just go into shock and sit there.
1: Yeah, or if something jumps out at them and they get freaked out, they might just go, oh.
0: Ugh, and just fall over and be done for like a minute or two well wisdom rabbits the seers have a reduced chance of being shocked
1: and they can do that to other things now yes. they instill fear starts as a you can do this to other rabbits but then the higher your level goes you can start doing it to other animals mm-hmm. up to the point where a rabbit can hop out at a dude and be like boogity boog and he goes ah.
0: <laughs> well it kind of makes sense if a rabbit hops out and says anything in english at you
1: he hops out and goes, hey, Gav. <laughs>
0: Hello, Gavna. And you're going to be like, a talking rabbit? A rabbit? Talking to me? A talking rabbit? <laughs> Who would talk that's a rabbit?
1: Yeah, I'm a talking rabbit. <laughs> but you're talking to me? Those are the rules.
0: I can only talk to you once. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to say turn the music down.
1: <laughs> I'm Goodbye. trying to sleep. Bye. <laughs> Don't steal my tail. Try not to eat drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Rabbit. Thanks, Rabbit. So, uh, so yeah, wisdom. And again, if you're a seer, yes, you have a bunch of bonuses. But literally, every rabbit has the ability to see into the future. That's this is just something you do with wisdom.
0: Yeah. You're always able to look into the future, and you have a probability of being correct is basically what it is. Oh,
1: yeah. Now, you want to hire... This is actually on your regular Wisdom score rather than level for how accurate you will be. Uh Uh-huh. But you get to add 10% if you're a Seer. So even then, your chance for accuracy if you have an 18 in Wisdom and are a Seer is like 50%. Right,
0: right. But at least your chance of the information you're getting from the future being misleading drops to zero at that point. Yeah. If you try to look into the future and you have less than 10 wisdom, then you have a 100% chance of the information you see being misleading or useless.
1: Yeah, which is amazing because at that point you go, okay, well, why didn't you just say I can't do this? Because if I have a 10 or less wisdom, I'm just going to go... No, I don't. I don't try and look into the future. Or you do, and just gen- tell
0: everybody else what absolutely one hundred percent for certain will not happen.
1: Except it's misleading, <laughs> not false.
0: <laughs> I guess that's true.
1: Yeah. But so you, the DM just gets to fuck with you.
0: Except yeah, I've always hatedly look into the future rules in any uh, RPG. Yes. Because it's it's putting strain on the DM that uh, you know he doesn't fucking know. Uh, Especially uh. in a game like this, where every single thing you do is a random encounter. Yeah. So you're like, I look into the future. Will I encounter a random encounter? Yes.
1: <laughs> well, you look into the future, and you've been sitting in the same spot for ten minutes, and then a vulture shows up. You're like, oh, okay. Although
0: vultures aren't listed as da- as dangerous or, or uh, threats to rabbits in this game. They're on the no. neutral animal table. They only because they're dead not rabbits. dead. Yeah.
1: So vulture just shows up and goes, hey, rabbit. Hey,
0: what up? We don't speak the same language unless you'd like to learn it. That'll take about a half hour.
1: There you go. Okay, thanks so for learning it. Here's
0: your choice. You could learn to speak vulture. Or you could hop about 30
1: feet. Yay. Make a choice, rabbit. This is, this is what you get. This is the game. This is what we're doing. <laughs> so in addition to all of that, there's also feigning death is under wisdom. And then if you're a seer, you get mind control. Oh, yes, you do. Like straight up just, I can control the minds of other rabbits. But if you get your wisdom level, not stat, level high enough, you can begin to control other people as long as you can speak their language. Mm -hmm. So, like, if I can speak, Vulture, I can go up and be like, I control your mind, Vulture! That's
0: mind-taking! Well, I guess that explains why there was that shot of a rabbit riding another rabbit around like a horse. Yeah, he's
1: like, like, you, rabbit, let me get up on top of you. he's like, okay. Alright,
0: but just so you know, I'm a rabbit, so I'm crazy slow.
1: Yeah, and then if you get up to level 20, you're like, great, I'm just gonna, gonna control man. Like, I'm just going to control a dude.
0: Well, it's fine, I guess. I mean, if you, they have guns and stuff, so you can have
1: them shoot once per minute. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> you doing that takes trance points. Yep. Which is an odd thing they put into this. And trance points don't exist when you're at level zero mm-hmm. and then do as soon as you get levels. Yeah. Which means you can do it as much as you want at level zero. And then as soon as you get better at it, you can't do it that often. yeah because it's like oh at level zero you can just do this and it's kind of a shitty chance but you can do it whenever you want but if you get to level one now you have like a trance point and can do one thing a day okay all right
0: sure all right the next class after that is the dexterity which is the maverick ah the maverick this is one of my favorites because it's got the goofiest power
1: yeah so dexterity can carry items Mm mm-hmm Or you can uh, climb. Yeah. You can manipulate objects. You can cheat and steal. And you can disguise yourself as other animals. Yeah. As a rabbit, you're like, nah, man, I'm a fox. (laughs) This is believable.
0: Typically, a rabbit might accumulate various disguise materials before attempting a disguise. These materials might include mud or plant materials to change his fur color, Parts of other animals, such as tufts of fur or tails, white twigs to hold in the mouth to represent fangs, etc.
1: Yeah, that is exactly what I'm imagining, too. It's just a muddy rabbit with weird tufts of fur on it and twigs in its mouth. And it's like, I'm a bat. (laughs) Fear me. Criminals are a cowardly and superstitious lot.
0: I must become a bat to stop the criminals. (laughs) I'm bat rabbit. God damn it, it's so useless.
1: (laughs) It is amazing, and then it even says, yeah, uh, the GM is likely to tell you no, you can't disguise yourself as things if it's obvious. Like, another bear is not going to believe that you are a fellow grizzly bear if you are a rabbit.
0: Although I do like that it immediately then suggested it, but if you're a a rabbit hiding in bushes, you can shake the bushes and make bear noises.
1: Yep, you you know how you shake bushes and go, I'm a a bear, Uh, honey, bear.
0: I'll just shake in the bushes and I'm just a little black rain cloud.
1: Just <laughs> shaking the bushes. Tut tut looks like rain. <laughs>
0: or other cartoon bear songs.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh, look for the bear necessities. Okay, I can't think of any other bear songs.
1: Gummy bears Oh
0: shit. <laughs> oh fuck, I forgot about that one. That yep. those
1: are some cartoon bears. Those are some cartoon bears. Wow. Also, what was the theme song for the Care Bears? Uh, Magic and mystery is part of their history. <laughs> yeah, good, you got it. <laughs> we did it.
0: <laughs> I don't remember the, the uh, theme song to the Care Bears. You'd think, as we consistently just refer to anything from the 80s or 90s and stuff it onto our show with impunity, that we'd remember that. You'd
1: think that, I mean, and she, yet.
0: You know what, I remember the fucking theme song to the Raccoons. Which, by the way, let's cut to a clip.
1: So yeah, there you go. You're welcome, everybody. So that's dexterity. It's bad. It's probably the worst stat, in my opinion. But you get constitution, which is, again, hit points. But then also your ability to not go into shock, your ability to have babies, your energy reserve, which is a weird thing that we should talk about. Uh, Okay, let's talk about it. So energy points is a thing that exists in this, and it's how many actions you can take. Mm -hmm. And you have, like, basically to start out with, like, one or two energy points. And the only way to get more is to have higher levels in Constitution. Which means that the high Constitution characters basically just get action advantage. So even if Constitution didn't cover, like, anything else, just like Panache and 7th Sea... It's a stat that covers action advantage.
0: Right. It's probably one of the better stats in the game, just because if it doesn't do anything else, it's got that going for it. But in
1: addition but, to that, it also lets you do magic healing.
0: That's right. This game has something called empathic healing in it. Now, empathic healing is terrible, but it is, <laughs> it is something you can do. So here's the basics of empathic healing. If you declare as an empath, which is the, the uh, constitution class, then you, be, you gain the ability to deliver magic healing to your allies. Now the way that this works is you can't do anything until you have at least constitution level 5. Once you have constitution level 5, you can heal your constitution level minus 4 HP from a rabbit that you are in physical contact with once every 10 minutes. Yep. If you do that then you heal that damage later at an accelerated rate.
1: Oh no, you uh you absorb their damage, it's uh, yeah, not heal. sorry. Healed. you don't just
0: heal it. Yeah, That's what I was I meant to say. That's why you heal that damage faster yeah. later. Because you absorb the damage. So instead so of So
1: for every minute you take your uh, level minus four. It's
0: minute? I thought it was ten.
1: No, because ten is how you heal it.
0: Oh, that's right. Thank you. Yeah. So once per minute, you can take one damage uh, at Constitution level five. You can take one damage off one of your allies and have it on you instead.
1: Yeah. And then you'll heal that in ten minutes.
0: Now, let me Great. go ahead and tell you that there is an optional rule in this section for reverse empathic healing, <laughs> which is described as the opposite of whatever that was but doesn't recommend that you let players do it because it would be overpowered.
1: Yep, that's right. If I spend a minute just putting my paw on a guy and he sits there, I could transfer one damage to him. Yeah. Woo! Now, the real
0: question I have about that is, all right, what does reverse empathic healing do in total? Because there are three different effects that make up empathic healing. First of all, you pull one HP, or you uh, restore one HP to your ally. Then you take one damage. Then, ten minutes later, you heal one damage. Okay, so does reverse empathic healing mean that you put one
1: damage on them, you heal one point, and then ten minutes later you lose one hit point? Well, it says the number of points of damage transferred is equal to the number of energy points the empath currently has. Which, given that it's under constitution and constitution covers your energy points, means you could actually just be like... Great. I'm the only one that has, like, more than two energy points. I have ten. I transfer a shitload of points of damage onto you. Get fucked. Yeah. But then again, you still have to sit there holding him down for a minute. And in a minute, that guy can go 30 feet. Oh, yeah. 30 goddamn feet. How are you going to catch him? Oh, you
0: also go 30 feet. Oh, okay. Right. That's, That's that. By the way, this is also a point where the book goes off into a random segue, which is something it does a lot. This book's layout is basically just telling you what the classes are all the way through and then if something is relevant or or interesting to the writer they'll just devote three pages to it in the middle of that class yeah i
1: mean it's basically like the written version of our podcast it is
0: exactly like that (laughs) where we just go off on a random tangent like for example when we play the raccoons theme song for some reason which by the way let's cut to a clip Nice. Okay, so anyway, this goes right into the disease section in Constitution, where it starts telling you all the various diseases and afflictions that can affect rabbits. This is definitely one of the best parts of the book, because the diseases are uniformly lethal
1: as hell. Oh, yeah. Well, especially if you get some of the weirder ones, because you can get things like, oh, you have a fever, and you go into shock, and, you know, maybe you can save off of it, but maybe it kills you. Yeah. Okay, sure. But then you get to ones where it's like, All right, you got fucking bubonic plague and pneumonic plague at the same time. If you make the saving throw, you take five points of damage. Okay, so you die unless you're a fairly high-leveled in strength or constitution. Yep. And you can transmit the disease to others until you're cured. If you don't make it, then large sores appear on the skin of the rabbit who will take two points of damage every ten minutes until cured, which means you get this plague and then all of a sudden... If you don't make your saving throw, in 20 minutes, you just erupt in boils and are dead.
0: Yeah. Or if a mosquito bites you, you roll a D6, and on a 1 or 2, you catch the shakes, and that's from one mosquito bite. Yep. You catch the shakes, which causes you to (laughs) slow down, which you're already pretty slow, but this way reduces you to 10 feet every minute. Death results in 5 hours, unless a saving throw has been made. Yep. So a mosquito bite has a one in three chance of just killing you. A flea deals one damage every. Uh, I think it's every it's, hour.
1: Fleas cause one point of damage per, per flea. flea per flea during each sixty minutes they remain on the rabbit. Yeah, which that makes sense because it's per flea. I remember when my dog had a problem with flea. Yeah, he had that flea
0: for a while. I remember that.
1: <laughs> he had flea and we had to take him in yeah. because of that flea.
0: Yeah. It was really it was causing him a point of damage every hour and it was terrible. <laughs>
1: it was the worst. I was like, Oh man, are you gonna be okay, dog? You have flea. And he was like, Well, I could probably use an empathic healer dog. And I was like, Oh shit, you can talk and he was like, Yeah, Holocaust didn't happen
0: that's why we had to get rid of that dog and, that, and
1: that's why Wowser's got put down
0: <laughs> well no he's just in a big farm <laughs> and that's upstate. why
1: wowsers got killed by flea the <laughs> basis we
0: just let a flea get him
1: yeah we let the basest flea well, maybe, euthanize my dog well
0: maybe that's what actually it is it's like you know every hour if your rabbit has flea flea might kill your rabbit
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> flea known rabbit killer well, that's what he does just twist their little heads off yep The bassist for the Red Hot Chili Peppers definitely loves killing rabbits. I I just
0: can't get over the damages done per flea. What rabbit has (laughs) one flea? God damn it.
1: Uh, Okay, so... Also,
0: the fleas have a chance per flea of inflicting bubonic plague on the rabbit. Yeah.
1: So, uh, last stat here, I believe, is charisma. And that's your ability to persuade people to retain followers. Yeah. So you can have faithful followers. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, how likely it is you'll get your dick wet. Yeah,
0: because it's got the probability of mating chance.
1: Yeah, because there's the probability of having a kid, and then there's the probability of mating. Yeah. And they're two different things, but yeah, if you're a sexy rabbit, then other rabbits will want to bone you, but... The only way a female rabbit gets to be a player is if they're too sexy to have sex with other men. Oh, yeah, we
0: should probably talk about that real quick. I don't even know if I want to call this game sexist because it's trying so hard to be all bio-truthy about rabbits.
1: Oh, yeah, it's just like, look, this is the way rabbits work. The does sit in the burrows and just don't do anything but have sex and have babies. Yeah. And that's it. And then 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 other uh, male rabbits will go out and try and steal them.
0: Yeah, that's basically what's happening here. So basically if you want to play as a female rabbit you have to play one with a high enough charisma that she can reject the rabbit that claimed her in the first place and be like no you're not hot enough for me and then she goes off into the world to find a hot rabbit
1: yeah that's it that's that's
0: that's the adventure of any female rabbit you play as
1: in this game yep and then uh if you're the storyteller which is the profession for charisma Mm -hmm. then you get the storytelling ability which lets you enthrall people so if you tell a rad story to someone then it's Sort of like the mind control, except it wears off if you leave. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where if someone can uh if you know the language of someone, you can tell them a cool story and they're like, hey man, you're awesome. Cool story, bro.
0: I will follow you now. That's I how, will
1: follow you into the gates of hell. That's
0: how you become a faithful follower in this game. Yeah. So that's uh And then we have to talk about saving throws in the most complicated chart I've seen in a long time.
1: It is a chart that has you know how normally it'll be like, okay, Defender, Attacker, and it'll be like the top and the left side? Yeah. This has something on every side of the chart that mm-hmm. you are looking at. Yep. It's maddening. And it's... <laughs> so you have like, okay, your distance between professions, your professional level, level of Defender, minus that of the Attacker, then your innate character value, and then on the bottom is the different types of traps.
0: Also, I don't even know what innate character value is. Is that the stat?
1: Yeah, so your uh, stat... So okay. the innate character value would be what you rolled on 3D6.
0: And the reason it has the difference or distance between professions is because this game uses a Pokemon-style wheel to determine how effectio- effective one type of rabbit is against another.
1: Yeah, so if I'm a fighter, the opposite of me is the herbalist, Yeah. which means that both of us, whatever we do, it's harder to save against mm-hmm. the other ones because our fighting style or our lifestyle or whatever is so very different.
0: Yes. Maverick rabbits hate storyteller rabbits.
1: and Well, scout yeah, because rabbits. mavericks are super loners, yeah, and uh, storytellers are very social. And scouts hate empaths. Because scouts like to find traps, and empaths like, like to... to do
0: magical healing.
1: <laughs> and yeah. runners hate seers because runners do, and seers see.
0: See, that's the difference between yeah, them. Yeah, see? And all the rabbits hate the Jews. <laughs>
1: That's why they got along with that dog so well and gave him flea.
0: They gave him flea and taught him to speak rabbit.
1: (laughs) Uh. And then
0: after that, it's just the rest of this book, which is mostly about how to set up the game and how to play it.
1: Oh, yeah. It's like here's how you set up a burrow and a cave and so on. So
0: they have like a a bunch of of, uh, hex grid paper with burrows drawn on it, which is a real waste of space in a 39-page book because some of the burrows are literally a line leading to a circle, and they're like, done. We're good here. Here you go.
1: That's, that's a, your burrow.
0: That's a burrow. I don't know if you can fathom this, but sometimes rabbits dig in a straight line for about a foot, and then they put a little hole there at the bottom where <laughs> they live in.
1: Yeah, the uh, the other thing that this has is you have a little monster manual where it gives you sort of the stats for different animals. Uh-huh. Sure does. Uh, which, thankfully, they gave us the stats for what damage a grizzly bear does if it hits you, which is like a D20 plus 150, which, great. Note,
0: note, however, that a a bear has a strength of 12, which is compared to the eagle strength of 20. Yes. So that's... (laughs) Great. So the bear doesn't get a bonus on its D12 plus 150 damage it deals to you, but the eagle does get a bonus when it claws you to death immediately. Oh,
1: yeah. The eagle is just more accurate.
0: Yeah. It's it's, it's crazy. The list... Oh, and also it has a big list in the random encounter section of... uh, what the animals will do if they see you, which is always chase you, and then like,
1: or if they're a cat, they'll stalk you.
0: Yeah, or if they're a weasel, you can't hide in a burrow because they'll just come right in after you. Yeah, if it's a wasp, you're just fucked.
1: <laughs> the well, wasps will generate more wasps. Yeah. and continue to chase after you they, until the world is not but wasp.
0: Yeah, the, every every turn that you encounter after you encounter wasps, and you encounter wasps by walking into the hex that they're in. Like you don't have to aggravate them or anything. Just coming anywhere near them pisses them off.
1: Oh, yeah. I've seen my girl. I know.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh. So, uh, so, yeah, you immediately, it fills a square, a hex with wasp damage. And if you run, it just fills that hex you go to with wasp damage. Yeah. So wasps will just kill you. Oh, yeah. So, and then it's like, okay, so what do you do? What's the idea in this game? All right. Well, if you're out of your burrow, you roll in a random encounter every 10 minutes.
1: Yep, and then if you stand still, an encounter will come to you. If you walk, you might randomly encounter a thing. And then you get encounters less often if you're hidden.
0: If you're in a burrow, for example, you just get an encounter once an hour. Now, a lot of the encounters are nothing, but that's basically the rest of the game, is is wander around, look for other rabbits, try not to involve yourself with the other rabbits unless you want to have their women. Uh, Otherwise, try and find some food, try not to find poison or traps, uh, you're gonna keep running into animals, so hopefully you never roll one of the predators that'll just get you.
1: Yeah, given that there's no there's there's no real adventure here because you normally you look at something like a D and D or a traveler or anything like that, and you go, okay, I understand. Like I'm gonna go out and try and find treasure, or I'm gonna go try and slay a dragon or whatever. But yeah. this is like, okay, there's nothing you can do as a rabbit the slay a dragon equivalent would be like, oh, I need to go kill like a wolf that's killing all of these rabbits. Except you aren't. That wolf does a fuck ton of damage and you do nothing to it. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're like, dude, I've got twenty levels in strength and I'm a fighter rabbit. I'm a badass, except a wolf looks at me and I immediately go into shock and then it bites my head off. Right. I mean
0: the best you could possibly hope to do is be like, all right, I spend all my time dicking around with other local rabbits until I've got a really high level like charisma and then i go story tell the wolf and the wolf's my, my buddy and i just go like walk off that cliff and it's like okay holocaust didn't happen
1: god <laughs> like, oh, damn it how did it get into the wolves <laughs> well you know wowser speaks canine yeah i guess he does <laughs> fair enough uh yeah so that's it's it's weird to me also odd thing in this book it has two different gambling games there's for... three of
0: them back there there were a whole bunch of, well it's because the, uh, the maverick, the uh the yeah, he's good at cheating. is good at cheating, so they had to give him something to cheat at. So they added these weird little rabbit games.
1: Which one of them is super cool, I like, which is just sort of like a psychology experiment, which mm-hmm. is there is a fox and two rabbits. You decide which one of your rabbits is going to play the fox, yeah and then the other two are rabbits. Everyone anties up two items, so like two truffles or two apples or whatever. yeah And then you secretly decide, as the rabbits, what you want to do. You can either cooperate or cheat. And then it has the different things of, if they both cooperate, then they get all of the items and then they split it, so you'd get three each. Yeah. If one of them cheats and one cooperates, then the one who cheated gets four and the fox gets two. Mm -hmm. And then if both of them try to cheat, then the fox gets four and they each get one.
0: Right. And then the fox at the end of the turn can choose who has to be the fox. The only problem is that being the fox is terrible in every version of that game. The math hammer way to win that game is to just go, okay... Uh, We always agree to cooperate because that way we both take three and that's good enough. Oh, yeah. And then the fox gets nothing and the fox gets fucked. That's- yeah,
1: being the fox is the worst because you know as the rabbit, you're like, oh, the best thing I can do is cooperate. Yeah. Because I will either only lose one or gain one. Yeah. And then that way you can be assured mostly that you'll just win every time. Yeah. Because the fox can just get nothing.
0: Right. So it's weird. Anyway, it's it's funny that they put them back there. And that basically ends the, the book right there. It's like, here's how rabbits gamble. Also, we're a couple of zoologists, and we wrote this book because we like role-playing games. Goodbye. Bye. And then there's the character sheet, which is adorable.
1: It's adorable, you it's guys. Very cute. Super super so, adorbs. So
0: there you go. John, what would you say is your favorite thing about Bunnies and Burrows?
1: Okay. Uh, Favorite thing in Bunnies and Burrows is I actually kind of like... The split between characteristic and level, mm-hmm. the idea of each characteristic being its own uh, split between like innate uh, raw talent and trained, and then sort of skill is what your level is sure so instead of having skills in the game your stats are stats and skills yeah it's an interesting way to do it i like that
0: it's neat the problem is the way
1: you get it is every time you do something you have to roll randomly to see if you get it and the best you can do is a 35 percent chance yeah and that's if you have an 18 in the stat and it's your profession
0: yeah so it's very very slow that you get any of these levels in your stats which you desperately need to do anything
1: but you can roll for everything if you do something in every session. Yeah. So if every session you're like, oh, I talked to a rabbit and I tried to convince him to do a thing and then I ate some poison and then I punched a guy in the dick. You're like, Great, that's three different stats I can roll on.
0: Yeah, you just have to come up with all eight of these things and do, do them every time.
1: The weird thing is going to be when you keep rolling on a bunch of stuff and... Continually fail at your profession but still get levels in the other ones. Oh and you're yeah. like, Oh god damn it, I'm really good at being an herbalist and yet I didn't pick herbalist.
0: <laughs> oh well. And you're never gonna be that good at an herbalist because your your ch- your chances top out at fifty percent for a lot of the herbalism activities unless you are an herbalist. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Well. So your favorite thing in the uh the Bunny Sent to Burros?
0: I like the the difference between professions uh saving throw modification chart. I thought that was an interesting idea. It was very early in game design to see that sort of progre- that sort of uh weakness and strength pow- uh, power divide system because it very much is it, it looks exactly like the chart of like, oh, grass types are strong against lightning types or whatever the fuck. I don't remember it from Pokemon. <laughs>
1: Ah, uh, good.
0: Those are the sort of things that are... It's an interesting uh, so- sense of play. It helps It helps build... Oh, we're going to get into a fight with these other rabbits. Let's make sure to line it up so that we have our good person fighting their, their person in such a way that it's advantageous to us.
1: Well, it's the way that they did the classes of each one has something that they are good at. Yeah. That you really want to have because the game is so lethal. And then each one has a strength against someone else. Yeah. So it's it's a oddly well-balanced? It's more or less well-balanced. I was...
0: I mean... Granted, it doesn't matter how well-balanced it is. You're going to go outside and die in half an hour from a fucking flea. Yeah. So, ultimately, the game's super, super crazy lethal, but they did a pretty interesting job of trying to balance the 10 minutes of life you have. Yeah. There you go. What would you say is your least favorite thing about Bunnies
1: and Burrows? Uh. Okay, the least favorite thing for me is, like we just mentioned, there's no game here. Like, there's nothing for you to do. You can go say oh i want to find some lettuce or i want to go like convince some bunnies in a different burrow that they need to stop stealing our women or whatever it happens to be but there's not it's not really anything to do adventure wise yeah like it's it really is sort of that like uh monsters playing as humans with like you go to a job your boss is angry at you and you're like yeah, except that game would be garbage and boring because you wouldn't do anything. Oh,
0: yeah. There's always those web comics of that sort of thing. Like, yeah. yeah. Monsters sitting around playing humans in, in houses or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. so it's
1: the same thing with Bunnies and Burrows where you're like, okay, but you don't do anything. You didn't make them magical enough to the point where you could say, oh, yeah, I'm a rabbit wizard and I run around and I cast spells and I try and do stuff.
0: Well, okay. What's the threat in Watership Down? Because this is supposed to be Watership Down.
1: Well inspired ish by
0: Well, okay yeah at the end they're even like oh uh, basically you should probably read watership down and understand how this game works and uh you know at the very beginning of the book they're like this book is inspired and uh informed by a very famous book that came out recently that we can't say the name of and you're like oh gee i wonder what game that is it's a book that is that book about rabbits that are real just rabbits and they get killed a lot
1: yeah i've
0: never actually seen watership down or read it
1: Neither have I. So
0: I guess we're at a loss as to what the actual threat is. You know, I don't
1: like you know, ugly crying into a book about rabbits, so I haven't read it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well anyway, I, I I feel like what they needed to do and what might have fixed your complaint is if they had been like, All right, so rabbits are a little more than just rabbits in this world, right? They have empathic healers, they have like herbalists, they can they can build little pouches. They should have had one other race that had the same thing going, like, oh, also the weasels have uh like weasels. Well, yeah,
1: if there was if there was some weird balance level because most of the things you fight are going to be either straight up murder you or about your level but even then there's no society for weasels there's no yeah they're just weasels
0: they they, they're exactly what weasels really are except they can teach you to speak weasel that's the only difference
1: and the thing is you're basically the exact same as bunnies you're like oh what are you i'm a rabbit except maybe i can tell other rabbits to follow me yeah okay
0: well if they had just given some other species the same halfway there uplift that they gave to rabbits in this book so that they could they could act as a credible threat or Or even just societally
1: interact like yeah oh yeah it's well known that the owls have a bazaar at night and they sell strange trinkets you're like oh that's an interesting concept I would go ahead and be like oh neat I can do something with that but it's just it's the real world, except maybe this bunny knows how to take your damage onto himself. Yeah,
0: it's, it's never like, oh, you could find the Turtle Society and, and ally with them against the beetle people. <laughs> it's, it's just, oh no,
1: turtles are just turtles. I like them, though. I do like turtles.
0: I know you like turtles.
1: I do. I like turtles.
0: <laughs> I like turtles, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, the secret of the ooze? I like turtles, too, as well. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> They're babies! <laughs> Toka razar play
0: god that movie (laughs) i'm amazed that we went straight to the just shredder lines and not to the ninja rap
1: no never the ninja rap all right well anyway, shredder
0: my least favorite thing in this game uh i'm gonna go ahead and say well yeah i'm gonna say the xp system
1: okay yeah that's another real bad one in there
0: those random roll xp systems are just punishing and especially when the chances are so low like that.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, ever since way back in the Sky Realms of Joe Rune, anytime a system gives you a chance to do nothing in progression, I hate it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's it's just not very well designed. It should always you should always advance in some way, especially in this game. This game's so lethal. Why not go ahead and let your rabbits rise quickly through the ranks before they eventually are eaten by a coyote?
1: Yeah. But it- no. There's a chance that you'll be like, oh, I ended, I managed to survive like five sessions and I have gotten nothing.
0: Yeah, so that's, I'm not a huge fan of that. That's. The, I mean, I feel bad for saying that that's terrible about this game, because it's not like they knew any better. This is 1976.
1: Oh, no. Like, the fact that they were even capable of coming up with a different thing outside of just XP points, I was like, oh, neat.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is this is a scrawled buffalo on a cave wall, as far as <laughs> RPGs go. So, I mean, it's, it's impressive for what it is. Yes. But... That in mind, would you play it, John?
1: Would you play Bunnies and Burrows? If someone wanted to run Bunnies and Burrows, I would play it mostly just to see what they wanted to do as an adventure. I'd be really interested to see, like, if the people who wrote this went, hey, I'm going to run an adventure, I'd I'd want to go, okay, I'd, what does an adventure yeah, look like? Yeah, I wouldn't like?
0: mind playing it with the people who wrote it in the first place, just because I'd really want to see what this was supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, granted, I'm sure I'd be bored. It'd be like... Oh, you guys have been outside for 10 minutes. Let's see if you encounter a sparrow. You do. Hey, the sparrow flits around near you and then flies off to eat seed. You continue your search for lettuce. (laughs) Good. Okay. But if it was, I'd like to see that just once so I could get that story into my head. But I'd also like to play it with what we were talking about earlier. It was like, oh, the fish prince offers you a noble quest.
1: Yeah. If you you live in, like, fantasy forest and you're a cool fantasy rabbit, okay, I'm down.
0: That'd be kind of fun, too. Or Sci-Fi Rabbit. I'd be all right with that, too.
1: Yeah, if I was a cyborg bunny. Yeah, the cy bunny. The cy bunny.
0: Yeah, and if, like, instead of being the fish prince, it was, like, the fish daimyo leader. <laughs> and he was like, I will give you 10,000 credits if you can steal the cyber katana of the evil raccoons.
1: Yeah. Yep. Sure, I'm on board with that. All
0: right, so I'd also play that. Okay. All right, so there you go.
1: It's an odd almost recommend for uh, for a game from 1976. I'll
0: tell you this much about this game from 1976. It doesn't hurt to read it. It's only 39 pages long. You can do it. Oh, yeah. You can find this thing and read it, and you'll be like, all right, well, I read it. I have some historical context on the game Bunnies and Burrows. Yerp. So, once again, this has been the System Mastery Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find us at SystemMasteryPodcast.com or as System Mastery on Twitter, Facebook, Gmail. Uh, you can find us and follow us on, and subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. If you do that, then please leave reviews and give us the big old five stars.
1: We love them five
0: stars. We love. Well, Honestly, it's one of the best ways to spread the show.
1: Yep, because uh, then it'll come up as a feed that people like, and then someone else might discover it.
0: Yeah, so rate and review us on iTunes. I, I feel like I don't say that often enough when I do these shows. I almost never say it, so here it is. Also, yep. support us on Patreon. If you yeah. do that, you get our bonus content episodes.
1: Which will be coming up. We're both gonna make rabbits.
0: We're gonna make some rabbits, not me. I'm gonna make uh, a bunny.
1: Oh, I'm gonna make a rabbit.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna make a coney.
1: I'm gonna make a rabbit named Jack.
0: Boil it, mash it, stick it in a stew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, subscribe on Patreon. Any amount that you give us on Patreon gets you that bonus content.
1: And remember, we will be coming to Kubicon oh, in, right. yeah, so. in about a month or so. Yeah, about
0: a month. May 26th, 27th, somewhere in there. Yeah, that, Last weekend in May.
1: That, uh, that weekend there, we'll be up there in the Bay Area, the San Francisco's.
0: Yep, and uh, not only are we going to be wandering around playing role-playing games with anyone who spots us and asks us to, but we will probably do cool stuff at night. So if, you, uh, if you're if you a System Mastery fan and you want to go do karaoke in San Francisco with us, let us know because we'll make that shit happen.
1: That is definitely going to happen. There's
0: no way that won't happen. Yep. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good week. <laughs>